and welcome to another bonus podcast. Today it is just Thalia and myself. Mm-hmm. We couldn't rope anyone else in. <laughs> Actually, the week was just so bonkers that we couldn't. We didn't know when we were going to do this, so we just chose a time when both of us were sitting at our desk and could say, "Now we can do it right now." Well, and also because we've been doing the weekly for this Modern Family series, so it's a little more challenging in our schedules trying to fit a podcast time in. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's a lot going on in our lives and probably all of your lives, but we thought we'd give you a quick window into ours. Um, I was at H&M yesterday buying all kinds of light t-shirts because my son is going off to Thailand tomorrow night. Yes. Uh, and Carter is too, the mm-hmm. son. We were at Sport Check and half the other team was there all looking for dry fit shirts and pants and whatever else. So yes, we are madly packing. I think we mostly have it together other than the last little bits. Yeah. They are so excited. Like, Trevor wants to skip school tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> Carter like, is skipping school tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> they're leaving at midnight, but they're just I so know. excited about the trip. Well, for Carter, he's at MEI, and most of his grade has already gone on missions. Like, okay. they're already left. Yeah. So a number of his friends have already gone to Guatemala and places around the world. So there's, he says there's nobody. There was five people in English on Tuesday, and that's wow. how it's been all week. So oh, he's wow. like, there's really no point. I'm like, well, okay, you're in grade 12. That's fine. <laughs> There we go. Yeah. Lenient mother that you are. I know. Yes. So, yeah, it's exciting to see um, them venture off and to do exciting things. And we yep. look forward to hearing when they come back. Yeah. The youth always does a great job of having a debrief night where they have different people share yep. and parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and people can come. So, And if you know of a student that's on this trip, you can check out their Facebook page. I haven't done it yet, but supposedly there's a Thailand Facebook page where you can track what they're doing and they'll have pictures and things like that. Yeah, it'll be up up online soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, other things that are going on, just so people who are listening know, um, the next couple of weeks we are all taking off women's ministry, so there's yeah. nothing going on for Precept or the Monday night or Wednesday morning studies. And we will start back again on the 27th of March, so two weeks from now. Is it 27th of Monday? 27th is the Monday, yep. Okay, so Monday night you start and Wednesday morning. Yeah. So you have to tell us a little bit about the courses you're offering. Yeah, so there is a video online on our, on our Northview Women Facebook page, and I saw that about 200 people have watched it already. Oh, okay. so that's good. They kind of can get an idea for it. But yeah, we often have one semester where we offer options for people rather than just having kind of the one standard option. And so it always gives people a panic attack because they want to take all four classes or two that are offered on Monday nights. So yeah, so we'll have two in Monday night in Abbotsford, two Monday night in Mission and all four Wednesday morning. Um, we just like doing the theology, life and culture options. So giving people options in both. So the theology um Component has a class in the book of First Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has a digging deeper um, Bible study, which is about f- for people who want to learn how to lead a Bible study better, facilitate. That's that one. The culture class is uh, the apologetics thinking mm-hmm. series. Yeah. Sarah is going to lead that one. And life, uh, Thalia is going to do one on discipling yeah. in today's culture. So those four options and there's more info on the website and on the Facebook page. The little video is a five minute video clip. So yeah, if you're interested. And the precept group is continuing their study of James after spring break, and we'll just keep going. I know. I know summer is around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. And we wow. don't want to go strong till May long weekend. Okay. And then we know after that, people get just tired. June is slammed and with busy with yeah. school things, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and all kinds of stuff, sports mm-hmm. days and field trips. And so that's our goal is to have like a six week, seven week push after spring break, and then yep. just give people freedom to enjoy the summer. That's a great families. idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we're doing, continuing on in our series again with the Modern Family um, sermon series that we're walking through, we want to talk about this last week's sermon on friendship. 
And just to mention again, um, if you go online, there are discussion questions that you can walk through for each sermon. And there's also a whole bunch of resources yeah. that are available, books, podcasts, all kinds of things. If some of these sermons pique your interest and you want to talk about it mm-hmm. more. So this sermon, do you want to review it quickly? What Jeff preached about? So Jeff was preaching on this weekend at the Abbotsford campus and he was talking about friendship in terms of three main areas. Now you'll have to tell me what the Proverbs were because I left my paper up on my, okay, on my yeah. desk. So he talked about friendship in terms of friendship conceals, uh, wounds, friendship wounds, and friendship remains. Right. Can you remind us of the Proverbs that yeah. were part of that? So friendship conceals was uh, Proverbs 17 verse 9. Friendship wounds is Proverbs 27 verse 6. And Friendship remains, Proverbs seventeen seventeen. So conceals, let's do that one first. I'll mm-hmm. read it and then we can maybe talk some more about it. Uh, whoever covers over an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. So this is the idea that he was saying that sometimes we have to conceal some, something about a person in order to protect them. Yeah. So what would be the caveats that you'd see around that or what would you see as the, the truth in that? Yeah. So there's a lot of things that we conceal. So for example, I'll use you, Crystal. If I hear some bad things about you, maybe you lost your temper, you were a bit short with somebody or whatever. (laughs) It's not true. But if if I did hear that, I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily tell that to you because you're my friend and you don't need to hear everything that people say. So I would protect you in that. Um, Also, sometimes, uh, what else do we do for protection? It's not something where we conceal sin. So if we know that somebody is sinning in a major way, um, if they are having an emotional affair, if they're having a physical affair, if they are lying or cheating, we we don't cover that up. We say, I'm not going to be part of that sin. You need to stop that. Right. So if your girlfriend comes to you and says, I'm actually taking off on my husband this weekend and I'm Mm -hmm. going to spend the weekend with this other guy, can you cover for me and say that I'm at your place or something? Yeah. (laughs) That would not be something that we would say is a biblical way of concealing. Yeah. Same with for kids in high school. Yeah. If you make an excuse for your friend because your friend says, I'm going to take off at break and I'm going to go do this thing. Uh, no, actually, that's not a good thing. And I'm not going to cover for you and lie to the teacher that you're sick or something like that. Yeah. So we may not be the one squealing on somebody necessarily. No. Like we have to make a judgment call as to when it is appropriate to maybe, you know, raise a flag of someone's behavior. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to be participating in the cover up of something that is sinful or against the rules. Yeah. But like you said, in those minor matters where it's things like we hear gossip about somebody or we hear, um, yeah, or somebody's offended us or hurt us, um, do we continue to spread that along or not? How does it stop with us? It's also things when you think of your husband or your kids, you don't share all the things they do that irritate you and annoy you and are frustrating you that day. We need to speak well of the people that are close in our life, our friends, our family members. Sometimes we can say, yeah, this person is struggling in an area, but we're working on it. I really care about them. I'm praying with them. I'm encouraging them. Yeah. We can be general in it. Yeah, general. If if we want to be authentic as people, it doesn't mean we have to spill our guts about everything, right? We can still, um, we can maybe generally say, I'm struggling in this area, but I'm not free to share the details or whatever, but... But um, yeah, we don't want to just lay everybody's dirty laundry out for everybody to see that's not being honest or caring or loving to that person. No. Anything else? I don't know. That's a tough one. I would say come and talk to us about your own specific area if you want to, because it's a tough one to know when do you conceal and when do you confront? 
And that's not always so easy. And I would say maybe don't make a judgment in the moment. Maybe think about it a little bit, pray about it, talk with a wise friend. If you're not sure if you should protect them and conceal it, or if you should, you know, confront them on it gently, kindly, but talk about it. Yeah, because I think sometimes, and I think what we need to think about is, would I want somebody to tell me this? Like if somebody heard that gossip about me, would I want would I want that to be brought to my attention or would I want them to actually just deal with it and keep it from me? Yeah. And so think of how you would want to be treated in that kind of a situation. Mm -hmm. Wounds. The next one, a true friend wounds. So this is the proverb uh, 27 verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Yeah. So sometimes we need to wound in small matters for the benefit of our friend. You know, if they're wearing a terrible lipstick shade or they're trying to choose a dress for their kid's grad and it really doesn't look good or they have something in their teeth. Like you need to actually say, you know, maybe that dress isn't the most flattering. Maybe I'll come along with you and let's go see if we can find something because you're trying to be a benefit to your friend. So same with in more major wounds, you know, do you need to say something that could be a bit painful for their benefit? Like um, what would it be, Crystal? Give me some ideas. Um, so if your friend is maybe talking negatively about their husband in every conversation, you could say to them, you know what, actually, this is not going to be a good thing for your marriage in the long run if you keep running him down in front of everybody. So gently say, like, I think you need to learn how to honor him because that's going to be better. It's going to make him feel protected, him feel safe. Um, and that'll be beneficial to them in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, and you might say things even like, we have a lot of people that say, I'm lonely, I'm not connected at church, I don't know how to get involved. And we might need to say, woundingly, a little bit like, are you plugged in? Are you involved? I don't see that you're here very often. Yeah, it would probably help effort? you if you would be here and be involved and be at church. And that's a little bit of a painful thing to sort of call them on that. Um, but we need to sometimes wound kindly, respectfully, gently to bring something to someone's attention. Yeah, Jeff talked about the fact that in our culture, this is really hard because we're taught that we should just affirm everybody for everything. Mm-hmm. We should like all their pictures on Facebook. We right. should, everything that should, to be a positive friend is to be affirming of who they are and, and who, um, yeah, kind of their their true self. But he talked about the fact that we are not perfect and we are all sinners and we sometimes have blinders on and yeah. we need people to help us remove those blinders Yeah, or else we're going to go down a path that could be dangerous for us or just destructive. Yeah. Not good for us in the long run. And you think of parents that have kids that are going wayward. As parents, we don't need to have every single conversation where we bring their wayward behavior to their attention. We don't need to wound people every time we see them. We can simply say it once, say it kindly, respectfully, and then from then on, it's their decision uh, to operate how they want to operate, to choose their own actions. And we need to care for them and support them and encourage them in some ways. But um, we need to be careful that we don't wound people all the time. Yeah. Right? People are people. They make mistakes. They are choosing their own ways. They're stubborn. They're rebellious. We can say some things kindly and gently. Sometimes we have to get a little more firm with that so they stop their behavior. But maybe not every time hit them over the head with their behavior. Yeah. They won't want to be around you. They'll they'll run away. Exactly. So if it's your kid that's being wayward and you talk to them every single time, they will not want to be around you. Yeah. Rather be good, let's, hey, let's go to Tim Hortons and I'm not going to bring up any issues. Just can talk lightly about stuff. Hey, let's go shopping and we won't talk about those heavy things. Let's just go spend some time together. I really enjoy you. Yeah. 
And I think it's a judgment call, too, as to what are important things to wound somebody about. Yes. Right? Like, is it just because you have different parenting styles? Yeah. Or if it's just because you have different perspectives on things, that's not worthwhile wounding somebody for. Yeah. Like, they don't have to fall in line with your way of thinking. Yes. But if it's an area of sin or if it's an area of a rebellion or that you see is really hurting them, then it might be something else that you want to step into. Yeah. Please take time to consider that. Yeah. With somebody who's wise, maybe somebody who's older, somebody that you trust, maybe lay out the situ- situation and kind of consider, is this something you need to talk to your friend about? Or is this something that you just bear with them? You make allowance for them. You let them do their thing and you just keep on, you know, being their friend as you can. Yeah. Sometimes we've had the situation where we have confronted somebody and we really felt we should. And even later we felt that it was the right thing to do, but it didn't go well. No. And so I think you have to be aware that if you walk into that, people aren't necessarily going to clap their hands and thank you for bringing things to their attention, but it still might be your duty to do it. Well, you think of dating relationships. Sometimes you can't keep dating the person just because you don't want to wound them. Sometimes you actually need to have the conversation of, you know, I don't think this is going to go farther towards marriage. And so... You know, however you say that nicely, because yeah. those that's it's still full conversations. Yeah. Very painful, but sometimes you have to have those wounding conversations to take step forwards in your own life. But yes, it does hurt the other person. Yeah, you can't get away from that. No, we need to be women and men that are willing to walk into those difficult conversations. You know, if you have a dorm mate, if you have a coworker that it's really not going well and there's some issues, you might need to prayerfully and wisely consider with other people that maybe you have to step into that and have that awkward, difficult, uncomfortable situation for the benefit of them, for you. For your for, workplace benefit, yeah, whatever. Like workplace, if somebody's dorm, really dragging down everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Because just to tuck our head and pretend it doesn't exist, it doesn't always help. No. That's the, the easy way out, but sometimes that's not helpful. No. And the same way we don't want to wound in a way that we spew and we insult and we swear. No, 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 no. That's not also. Read Colossians 3, 1 to 17. It tells us how we need to be with others. Yeah. We need to put off certain behaviors. You can read those. And then it talks about we have to be compassionate and kind. And we have to have humility and meekness and patience. We need to bear with one another. We need to forgive one another. So we, a lot of compassion, compassion and patience and kindness for people who are doing things we don't necessarily agree with, or maybe it's even sinful. Yeah. Yeah. And on the bigger scale side of it, like the whole idea of church discipline, I mean, that is part of how this comes up is that sometimes we have people in our midst who are walking in a way that is not in alignment with their profession of faith as Christians. And then as a church, we have to kind of say, actually, this is not, this is not what the Bible would have, how the Bible would have you act and live, how Jesus, a disciple of Jesus should be. And so... If you're doing that with your friends as you see them walking away along or walking away from the truth, then as it gets further and further away from the truth and the church has to get involved, at yeah. least that person's kind of been forewarned a little bit and yeah. knows actually, you know, I've had some warning into this already. Yeah, we've had multiple situations where eventually a pastor needs to sit with someone who is clearly, evidently sinning in their life. Deliberately, Deliberately, unrepentantly yeah. walking cheerfully in their sin. Yeah. But it's always so much more helpful when we know they've been talked to by somebody in their community group and somebody in their women's Bible study group or men's Bible study group, somebody who goes to church with them who's had that difficult conversation. And we know they've had three or four of those conversations they've been talked to. And then we are, phew, it's not just us carrying the load because we don't really want it to be a shock coming from us first. It really should be the friends that step in and say, hey, I'm noticing this. I'm seeing that. This isn't good. You need to stop. I'm concerned about this. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay. If you have questions on that, again, we are open to your emails and your questions. Yeah. 
The last one that Jeff talked about, uh, a true friend remains. And this is Proverbs 18, 20, or sorry, 17, 17. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So what would we add to what he said there? It would be great if friends could remain friends. And we know that our culture isn't quite like that. We get very busy and sometimes we have to sort of cool off our friendships because we're taking care of aging parents or we have little kids or we have a health issue or whatever. So we can't, we can't always remain in that close, connected, being together all the time kind of friendship. Um, but it would be good if we could stay in touch with quite a lot of people, even if it's only once or twice a year. Yeah. I have quite a few of those friends that I only get together with once or twice a year. And I'm really thankful I do that much. Yeah, because when you get together, it's that, yeah. especially with people that have a long history of you, right? You can yeah. say something about what happened when you were 13 and yeah. you remember that event and there's a comfort in that. Yeah, but that's also paired with the fact that sometimes we can't remain friends for life. There sometimes has to be a cooling off when somebody has walked a completely different road. So I've had friends that have left their marriages and they're living with somebody else and it's painful and I've talked to them about that because they were in the wrong. And so it can't be the same kind of friendship. I'm kind and I'm polite and I will chat with them if I th- see them at Save on Foods for a few minutes. But we can't have that deep conversation and go for coffee like we used to because we're on totally different paths. And then those people have left church and things like that. It, it, so, And I, don't, I can't get together with them all the time and tell them about their sin and how much <laughs> it's painful because that won't be a friendship. So sometimes we can't remain friends in the same way, but we do need to remain kind and polite and caring. There's no room for shunning somebody or turning our back on them when we see them or like that's not helpful. That's not bringing them closer to God. No, and we need to pray for them because we are hoping that one day God will change their mind and their heart. They will come to their senses. Second Timothy 2, 22. There's a paragraph there. Read that. We're hoping God will bring them to their senses, that they will come to the truth and they will change. And then we can have that deep friendship again. Yeah. So it's not lost until like all my last breath is gone. Like there's... Or their last breath is gone, I guess. Uh, There's hope. We have to remain remain hopeful that our friendship with our kids, with our friends can stay there, but it may not be that way now. Yeah. Yeah. Another encouragement I just have is um, if you have people that have moved away, um, try to keep in touch with them as much as you can, especially if they're really close friends. Uh, we had a circumstance just a few years ago where uh, I had, hadn't seen a friend for about 10 years, but we ended up being in the same town that they lived. And my husband and I had this conversation like, oh, is it even worth trying to rekindle that? And I said, OK, well, let's just see if they're available. And it was like within two minutes, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember why Aww. we were such good friends. And since then, it's led to like twice a year. Or so we've seen each other when she's yeah. been out here. I've been there. And I'm just so glad that that one coffee date rekindled that. And yeah. so I think make the effort to keep in touch with those long distance people yeah. if you can, even if it's just a little bit here and there. Yeah, I think that's worth it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, the gist of what uh, Jeff talked about. We thought we would add some pieces mm-hmm. um, just in terms of other questions that people ask us about friendship. Yeah. So why don't you start on that, Thalia, and I'll jump in as... I think sometimes we forget that friendship takes time. Mm-hmm. So I remember back when Ava was entering preschool and then entering kindergarten. And every morning I'd walk her to school and we'd get there early because I just like to be early. And we would visit with the parents and the grandparents and the babysitters that were dropping off their kids. And it was friendly conversation for many weeks, many months. But I realized that I really only had friends in the spring. And we started in September. So That's it took you months. like eight months. Yeah. yeah. And at first I was a little bit, I was disappointed and disillusioned and I thought, oh no. And so the next year, this had been at a private Christian preschool and 
it was disappointing. And then next year we went to a public school, the same thing. And I realized, oh, friendship takes time. People need to see that you're there consistently, that you show up regularly, and then they start to depend on you and miss you if you're gone. And so I say that to a lot of people who want to go to young adults or a community group, for example, is you need to be there regularly so people see you and get to know you and uh, miss you if you're not there. Yeah, you, you can't, can't just, just show up, up once and expect mm-mm. you to be to have best friends right away. So. No. Yeah. So that, I think some of the things that one of the things that people might have come out of the sermon feeling is uh, I don't have friends like that. Yeah. I don't have a friend that remains. I don't have a friend who's willing to wound me or a friend who conceals. And so yeah. how do I get that? And so that's yeah. what we want to talk about the next little bit. Like, how do we? get that. And so one of them is just by investing time, showing up at Wednesday morning Bible study or Monday night or precept every week yeah. and getting to know people, talking to them, showing that you're interested in being there and committed. Yeah. And I would say if you're a parent that has kids, I would really encourage you to not just drop off your kids in the parking lot, but go into the venue, whether it's the dance school or the soccer field yeah. or youth group, go in, meet with the youth leaders, meet with the coaches, talk with them, invest time yeah, and parents. energy. It's much more tempting to say it's raining outside and I don't want to get out of my vehicle and there's going to be nobody there anyway and it's going to be an awkward conversation. Yeah, it is. But it's going to be so worth it because I think of back all those parents I chatted with in the nursery when my kids were small at church and then I taught beside in kids ministry and those are friends that um, I'm not necessarily going out for coffee with them or going on holidays with them but I can chat with them in the hallway and it feels like church is a community. Yeah. But it means you getting out of your car or putting down your phone or showing up when you pick up a child from a birthday party and talking to the parent before you just head home. I'm getting on my preaching zone. No, let's go. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> I know one another trait that I have that's not so good is that um, in the past when I started a friendship with people, sometimes my tendency is to want to leave the friendship when I notice the first big glitch or difficulty, something about them that rubs me the wrong way or that irritates me. And the tendency is like, oh, okay, well then, obviously that we're not meant to be sort of perfect friends. We're not going to be best friends. So like I'm out <laughs> and... That's a terrible trait. So (laughs) I've learned that I need to hang in there with some people when the first glitch and difficulty appears and just work with it. Bear with them. Make allowance for them. I have them too, but of course I think mine are fine. So (laughs) I think we need to... We need to work through those difficulties and just make allowances for whatever irritates us with people. Yeah, because we're not perfect. We can't expect other people to be perfect. This is, I think, one of the byproducts of our culture here in the fact that right now there's a lot of choice. Like we happen to be at a large church. There's lots of choice. The Bible studies are big. Lots of women to choose from. We have lots of small groups to choose from. We have neighborhoods, lots of different things. So we kind of think that, okay, if one person isn't so awesome, I'll just move on to the next one. They'll be more awesome. And no, that's not. So I'll move to the next person and we have lots of choice whereas when I was growing up my church was 100 people on a good day and so you just worked with the people that were there my school was very small I had 25 in my class so 12 girls that's what I worked with for years (laughs) on end right and you learn to just kind of deal with people's glitches, uh, glitches and quirks and whatever else and they just you're just friends because you have to be And now I've become sometimes lazy where I'm like oh but it's not quite the right friendship maybe I'll move on to the next person that's not okay. Yeah. I know. And it also robs you of understanding people who are different than you. Yeah. Like if you have these criteria in your mind that it has to be, well, a person who's whatever, professional and interested in this kind of thing and works full time and whatever, all yeah. these things, then you don't get to know the mom who's staying at home or the grandma yeah. that's doing this or whatever. And you lose a richness yeah. of your own life if you categorize people by saying, I want to be friends just with this, with this type of people. 
Yeah. And that ties into another thing we often see is that I think we underestimate ourselves where we forget that if we are friendly and kind and approachable and we ask good questions, when you enter a situation, a birthday party, a women's Bible study table, you go to a work event, you are can be a refreshing presence there. And they might find that, whew, here's a new point of view, some new interests, a new personality. And actually, they'll find us refreshing. Yeah, and encouraging. Yeah. yeah. We often focus on ourselves. Oh, I feel awkward. I feel nervous. I feel anxious. I don't have anything to contribute. But actually, you do. Simply by smiling and showing up and being interested in them, you are refreshing. So yeah. don't underestimate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. People like having people around who are interested in them, interesting, Mm -hmm. have things to add to the conversation. Yeah. Help out, be part of the group. Yeah. Yeah. Try to be a gift. Try to be a refreshment to the place you go to instead of focusing only on yourself. Yeah, which kind of gets to the point of, um, I think if we feel like we don't have a lot of friends, how can we gain friends is by thinking, you know, what kind of a friend do people want? How, what kind of a friend can I be to yeah. attract? And there's a few people that I know in my life who have like lots of friends. And when I look at why, I think it's because they are just great friends, like mm. the way they interact with people. They're very kind. They write birthday notes. They notice when somebody's gone. They're just always forward thinking. And so people get attracted to that kind yeah. of person because they're just a great friend. Like yeah. they're just always out there extending friendship to people. Yeah. And so I think if we're feeling like, yeah, like we don't have enough friends, how can we be a better friend to the people who are in our life yeah. to build those relationships? And it can be simple. Yeah. You can send a simple text saying, I'm thinking about you today. Yeah. You can send a little text saying, hey, this week, do you have time for a half hour walk or 15 minutes on the phone where I can talk with you? Or what about next month? Do you think we could make a coffee date? Because maybe it doesn't work this week, but simple gestures of friendships can really be helpful. Yeah. And even if it doesn't work for that person, mm-hmm. if their schedule doesn't work, they'll feel honored that you yeah. asked. Absolutely. And so then it will just warm up that relationship even more. So the next time, if it does work. Absolutely. So don't feel like if someone rejects that offer that they're rejecting you. It just no. might not be their schedule can't work, but it could add to uh, a future development of a friendship. Right. And if it doesn't reciprocate, well, try someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't flog yourself on somebody that just doesn't seem. No, if you're always initiating or, yeah. And, yeah, and they don't re- return that favor, that's fine. Yeah. There are other people that you can choose and try that with. Yeah. Uh, what else? Envy of others. Mm. This kind of goes along that same way, right? Sometimes we think, oh, they have so many friends, they don't need me as a friend. Or... Oh, I get caught in that. I think of the families at Northview that have lots of extended family here. And they sit together and they go on holidays together and their kids are in school together. And I feel jealous, like, oh, I wish I had that. I don't have any extended family here at Northview other than my own little immediate family. And I get envious. And then you see pictures on Facebook and Instagram and you think, I don't have that. Or you see moms that are the same age and their kids are the same age and they all do the same activities. And you're like, oh, they're really tight friends. I don't have that because I have friends kind of here, there and everywhere. One person from elementary school, one person from university, one from my neighborhood. And they're all they're not a clump. I don't have a group. Right. (laughs) Interconnected. Thalia does not have a posse. (laughs) So sometimes I look at that and I envy and I have to I can get kind of down. I have to be careful not to do that because I know that. They're wanting friends as well. They're, it's not like their life is all perfect and they have everybody they need. They're willing to be friends with me too. Maybe just not the same way, but they're willing. Yeah, so sometimes you're saying we we would um, kind of shrink back from actually yeah. entering into those relationships because we think, oh, they're covered already. They have too yeah. many friends. They don't have time for me or room yeah. for me. Um, but they might. 
people are shocked when I tell them I have these kinds of thoughts going through my head and I don't have, you know, my friendship circle is not closed. They're like, what? You should have lots of friends. I'm like, well, I do, but there's room for more and I can't always get together with the ones that I have and it's glitchy. Yeah. And there's going to be nights when you sit at home and wish you were out with people and it doesn't always work. Mm -hmm. So what do you do in those situations? Yeah, that's true. Well, then I just open my book, but (laughs) I'm happy me and my book are good. But yeah, trying to find places where you can be content being by yourself too, right? And so that when you do have the time and energy to be together with people when it works, then you're a good person to be around. Yeah, I think that's important to notice too, because I fill up myself by being alone so that I can be with people. Other people need to be with people so that can fill up. Um, so that, that's something to pay attention to as well as if you need people, then to put that into your week, find activities and things you can be involved in where there are people that give you energy. Yeah. I need time alone so that I can refresh. Yeah. But I enjoy being with people, just not all the time. Yeah. I know I need to, every once in a while when I get into a bad space about all, some of these things, I think, well, I haven't actually been intentional about a lot of things. I yeah. haven't actually, like if I sit down with a calendar and I say, okay, we have these nights free and so let's plan some things and then... These nights I need to be by myself to rejuvenate, yeah. all that kind of thing. Then when you strike more of that balance, you feel healthier. Yes. But sometimes we just get caught up in life oh, and stuff yeah. and we just don't actually be proactive about anything. And so yeah. then you get to these points where you feel like, oh, actually, it's been like six months since I've done anything with anybody. Yeah. And then you realize, OK, I need to actually plan a little bit better or yeah. invest in people around me. Yeah. Because you can get just caught up with things and not be intentional. I know. So... Anything else you want to add at this point? I don't think so. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions on it, though, this is definitely something, like Jeff said, that impacts all of our lives. We all want to have good friends. And friends are people who may outlast marriage relationships, may outlast family relationships. Yeah. Um, because spouses may die or things may happen. And yep. it's important for all of us as men and women, even if we are in married relationships, to have friends outside that. And we can't stop making friends. Like no. one day if I... God allows me to live long enough that I'm in a care home. I'm going to have to make new friends. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got to keep doing this. We've all got to keep doing this. Yeah. Expend that energy mm-hmm. and it's worth it in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll pray to that end. Great. Lord, we thank you um, that you showed us how to be the ultimate friend. Uh, we hear over and over throughout the scriptures that uh, a friend is one who lays down his life Um, for his brothers. And so, Lord, we thank you that you just showed us what an ultimate friend looks like, that you gave yourself for us. You didn't expect anything in return, but you just offered yourself willingly on our behalf. So, Lord, I pray that you would give us all the desire to be the type of friend uh, that you've created us to be, that our friendships would honor you and they would um, just reflect your love for the world and for people. Lord, I pray that you would uh, encourage us as we seek to be friends, that you would teach us and train us and grow us in righteousness so that we can reach out to people in a way that honors you and a way that builds them up and encourages them. And Lord, if we are lonely, uh, Lord, I just pray that you would bring around uh, the people with who are listening to this. Um, first of all, that you would fill them with your word and that you would fill them with your spirit and that you would encourage them so that they are empowered to reach out beyond themselves and that you would just um, guide them and direct them to people who can be um, their support and their encouragement. So, Lord, we thank you that you care about this and that you care about us and just pray that you just continue to lead and guide us in this effort. Pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. No, a lifetime's not too long to live as free.